You're listening to the Soul Strategies Podcast with your hosts, Z Cohen Sanchez and Chris Abramson. If you're running for office or thinking about it, you're in the right place. We hope you enjoy the latest episode and thanks for tuning in. Hi, everybody. Super excited to be here. We're going to wait a couple of seconds like we always do just to get some people rolling in. But um, we braved, well, I braved <laughs> the smoke uh, to come out here and talk to you guys tonight because we have a topic that is really, really important that we want to share. And we figured that the best way to do that is to be together. So this is Chris. Um, Chris is one of our call time managers. He's super awesome. Um, he's got a, a ton of experience. Uh, Chris and I come from sort of different backgrounds that really complement each other, I think. Chris has done a lot of work in like the nonprofit um, world. He's done a lot of work, uh, boots on the ground, canvassing, but fundraising doing that, which is super interesting. We're going to talk a bit about that tonight. Um, Chris, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you so much, Z. Uh, so yeah, um, boots on the ground, door knocking, uh, standing on the street corner, speaking passionately about what needs to happen is kind of my forte. Um, I've worked with most of the big canvassing organizations, um, but also done some political work too. Um, I've worked with drug policy reform issues for candidacies, um, congressional campaigns, and yeah, um, I think you know really what I want to bring to the table is the ability to put money in the hands of the progressives and the candidates that need it so that they can make the changes that they need to. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to be sharing this to my page as well, waiting to get some folks on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But, but the reason why we wanted to be together tonight to talk about this and why we think it's so important, uh, particularly now, is because, you know, we're literally living in a climate crisis. And for anybody who doesn't think that, just take a drive down to Oregon and, and take a look at our air quality right now. We're reaching in the 500s. Um, which is beyond hazardous, it's literally beyond the hazardous scale. Um, and so there is no better time if you're progressive to be running for office. This is it. This is really, I, I don't know how else to say it without sounding crude, but this is literally it. I mean, you know, you can keep talking yourself out of it and waiting, but at some point there's not just going to, there's going to be no waiting to do anymore. And so um, what Chris and I really specialize in and what we really love is making sure that candidates get the money that they need to win real races and to, to run really competitive races. We don't sort of run the races where like you get your name on the ballot, um, you get like 900 votes in a congressional race, you pay 500 bucks to do that. We don't run those kinds of races. We run races where we oust long-term incumbents. That's our bread and butter, that's what we do. And, you know, a lot of people sort of come to us and, and say that they want to do that, but they don't, um, they don't want to invest in themselves and they don't want to invest in their community to be able to do that. And so some of the things we're going to talk about tonight are why are you not raising money? So you might be thinking that you're doing everything right and you might be doing a lot of things right. But the reality is that if you don't have the experience and you, and you don't know what you're doing, um, a lot of the things that you think you're doing right, you could very well not be doing right. Um, and so we're just going to sort of tackle a couple of those things and talk about what are some things that you should be looking at. So Chris, you want to sort of get us started? Yeah, I can get, us, get the ball rolling down the hill here. Nice. Um, so one of the first things I think is really important are, and I've encountered a lot of candidates and campaigns and movements that don't believe funding is important uh, and or, you know, they're scared of money. 
So this would be, you know, a candidate who, you know, just doesn't see the value in raising a lot of money. It might not be a thing that they think that they need. They think they can take other avenues and, you know, or they just don't know how to go out there and raise that first $10,000, turn that $10,000 into 50, turn that 50 into 250. And uh, I think that, you know, that can be really uh, short-sighted. The fact of the matter is, is likelihood is the, the incumbent that you're, uh, you know, working to, to unseat probably has corporate sponsorships. They probably have uh, benefactors. They probably have people that are funding them to the tune of millions of dollars if they need to. Uh, and in our current political climate, um, it's, it's really easy for an incumbent to be able to make promises, um, you know, to be able to get that funding and to be able to secure that support. Um, so if you're up against that, you're going to need to out-fundraise them. Um, if, uh, you know, your opponents are, you know, taking those corporate sponsorships, if they're doing uh, the kind of work, you know, through, you know, working with lobbyists or think tanks or trusts or any of the kind of uh, financial engines that can put out the billboards, put out the yard signs, um, you know, move the campaign ideology forward, move the message forward, then you're going to have to out-fundraise those people. The cool thing is we also live in a world right now where Bernie Sanders out-fundraised every other candidate, um, showed that there's enough power in the grassroots that when you can tap into it, um, you know, you're not going to be left empty-handed. In fact, there's this huge surge of people right now that want to get involved, uh, normal folks, $20, $50 at a time. It's really just about knowing how to go and get it. Yeah, I think that there's, it's, it's sort of interesting. I, I think that there's this sort of um, like taboo around money in, well, for, for everybody, right? There's always been like a taboo around money, but particularly for progressives. Like it's one of those things that, you know, when we get on the phone with a the candidate, they want to talk about their platform, they want to talk about their volunteers, they want to talk about their ground game, they want to talk about everything except for how much money they've raised. I don't yeah. know if that's been your experience. I mean, from yeah. when we've worked together, that I think that that has been. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's really interesting. And I think that, you know, one of the things that we've really got to sort of have a mind shift in, um, particularly in the progressive movement, is how we think about money and our relationship to money. So you're gonna hear that Chris and I talk about this a lot. Whether you're working with us one-on-one -on -one or whether it's in our lives, we're gonna talk a lot about money mindset because it matters and it makes a huge, huge difference in your fundraising. And you will see the shift for sure. But I think really sort of, at least the beginning stages, what I think that really needs to happen amongst the progressive movement and amongst progressives is that we need to all have a mind shift. And that's gonna start on the individual level and it's gonna move collectively. But if we're gonna win seats and we're really gonna run competitive races, particularly people that are running you know, outside of the Democratic Party, I think that that's even more difficult. And we've sort of touched on that a little bit and I think that we'll, we'll probably touch on that more um, as we do these lives. But, um, you know, even running within the Democratic, I mean, sorry, outside of the Democratic Party, you are going to be forced to raise a lot of money. And so in order to do that, you're going to have to have a money mind, mind, shift, mind shift in the way that you think about money. Yeah. Um, and so saying that, you know, progressives don't have money, there's no money to be made, uh, there's no money to be raised is not going to help you and it's not going to help anyone. And it's, a, it's not true. <laughs> it's literally, I mean, if we're just looking at straight facts, um, Bernie Sanders wouldn't have outraised the entire democratic field if that were true. And so we're here to tell you that no, that is not true, um, that there is money to be made. There are people out there, but you're reaching the wrong people with the wrong message. So 
That's just what I wanted to add into that. Another point um, that I just kind of thought of um, is like getting inside the mind of a donor. Uh, this is really important because uh, I think a lot of the stigma around fundraising and money comes from like people think of themselves being approached by a canvasser or being approached by a political person and how much they hate that experience. Yep. <laughs> uh, so then they're like, I don't want to be the person who's responsible for like all of these annoying people like flagging people down. When in reality, you know, the actual the the actual outcome of someone giving and donating to a cause that they can get behind is that they feel like they've taken action. And there's like this prefrontal neocortex kind of like I agree I agree with the issue. Um, you know, let's say it's like healthcare for all. Like people want healthcare for all. They agree that uh, the numbers work out, the math works out, and it's a good decision. And that's a that's a frontal lobe, that's a neocortex decision that says, logically, this makes sense. Um, but when people take action for an issue that they stand behind, when you approach them as a candidate and say, look, we need healthcare for all right now, with COVID going on, with wildfires going on, with everything that's going on, we need to be able to take care of people with healthcare that they can actually feel is accessible to them and isn't gonna put them in debt forever. So what I'm asking you to do is give today and take action and take a stand. That surpasses their neocortex and acts it accesses their limbic system. So they feel emotionally connected to this issue now. Uh, and instead of um, you know, just giving one time or you know, in, in logic agreeing with the issue, uh, what ends up happening is they, this issue is now their issue. Um, one of the best things that we can do, I think one of the best ways that we can shift that mindset of you know, being afraid of money or um, you know, afraid of canvassers is to really understand the mind of the donor and how good it feels to give and how empowering that is on a mass scale. Um, even if, you know, I, I would far, far rather change the world by taking $20 from a million people than a million dollars from one person. Totally. I think that's true. And I think that, like, if you guys are sort of like, oh, I don't know if I buy that. I mean, think about a time that you've given to something. And maybe it wasn't money. Maybe it was something else. Maybe you, you, you're just, you don't donate, and that's fine. Um, but think about a time that maybe you gave like a gift to somebody or that you felt a part of something. Maybe you, you know, volunteered for your student organization and that like made you feel really good. It's the same thing. We're still tapping into that front neocortex frontal lobe, right? And so, you know, if you just look at your own example, you'll be able to sort of debunk that myth, right? Because I'm sure that at some point in your life that you felt good giving to somebody else, whether that was money or whether that was something else, just depending on your resources. I know for myself that when I gave money to Bernie for the first time, I felt really good about that. I was really excited about that um, to the point where I wanted to continue to give, um, which I think we're gonna touch on in some of our lives moving forward about the importance of making your donors reoccurring donors and continuing, and there is a way to do that. There is a science behind that, um, and we will we will talk about that, but definitely want to sort of stick on topic. So yeah. what is like, what's the next one? So the first one that we covered was? Don't believe that funding is important. Don't believe that, yeah. And that's it huge. is, uh, <laughs> it, it definitely is. It is. <laughs> uh, that's, we're just gonna, we're just gonna let you know. Um, if you want to run a successful campaign and you want to be a winner, you're going to have to raise the funds that it takes to do that. And you're gonna have to change public perspective while you do it. Um, it's gonna have to be skillful and intentional. Uh, fact of the matter is, uh, if you're just trying to try, um, then you know maybe fundraising won't be important for you. But if you want to win, 
Um, then you're gonna have to beat your opposition. You're gonna have to beat an incumbent. You're going to have to outmessage the people who just wanna stop you. If you really want progress to happen, you've gotta actually put gas in the tank and make the car go. Um, so, so yes, some so people- Definitely don't come to us if you just wanna try. <laughs> right. We want people that are in this to win their races. And I think that that's sort of, there's a big difference there, right? Because mm -hmm. like, and it's also your own thinking and, and your own mindset. Like if you go into a race and you truly wanna win the race, then you are going to realize that funding matters, full stop, period, right? Um, it's sort of like, you know, you have, to, you have to go into things knowing some basic facts in order to be successful at this game. Um, and this sort of reminds me of the time, like when I was in college, my evolution teacher said, you know, so many of you guys believe in so many different things, and that's great, you guys all have your separate religions, but for the purpose of this classroom, Evolution is fact, and we're not going to get beyond any other part of the education if you don't believe that evolution is fact, and that's the same thing with funding as well, right? If you don't think funding is important, then the rest of the education isn't going to matter because you haven't accepted the basic fact, at which is that funding is critical to your operation. So, yeah, glad that we covered that because I think that that's a huge one. Totally. Um, so the next thing that we're going to talk about is your campaign might not be raising any money because you don't have the skills that it takes to go out and raise money. It might not be something that you've ever done before. Um, you might not understand that there is a very comprehensive science around how to raise money. Um, you may not have really uh, gone out and actually put your boots on the ground to go do this yet. Um, so that's kind of the next thing is uh, do you have the skills? And there is no shame in that game, right? Like if you don't have the skill set to be able to raise money, like let me just tell you now, you and many, many, many other people, um, you are not the only one. In fact, if you were the only one, then progressives would be winning their seats all over the country, right? But they're not. And so um, there is no shame in asking for help. There is no shame in training. In fact, that is exactly what you need to do. Um, that that is your next critical step is to if you don't know what you're doing and you need to be really honest with yourself and having that conversation with yourself do I know what I'm doing do I actually have the structure do I know how to ask people for money is my pitch good is my messaging good these are all things that you need to really sort of think about a good parameter too to know I mean if you haven't actually raised ten thousand dollars then you might not have the skills to actually do it um, if you have done it before, you know, that's a really good baseline to understand. But um, if, if you haven't actually got there yet, it's likely that you need training on skills. Even the best fundraisers in the world and some of the top people in the game still train their skills all the time because um, the skills are constantly changing. You know, what works in one place doesn't work in another place. Um, training on fundraising skills and actually having uh, the right messaging and being able to actually go out there and do it is something that takes constant refinement. So. Um, and the world's changed, right? So it's like, I mean, even like the best fundraisers 10 years ago weren't, didn't know social media targeting. They didn't know how to run ads. So, I mean, even if you have been in this game for a really long time or what you think has been a long time, um, things change, adapt, and shift. And so being able to change, adapt, and shift is really, really important. Critical. Yeah. Totally. Definitely. Uh, and I'd like to throw out too, if you, you know, this is what Soul Strategies is all about. If you are thinking to yourself, like, I haven't really done much fundraising, this isn't really in my wheelhouse, and that's why my campaign's not making money, we're literally here to come in and make it rain. Like, we're here yeah. to come in and make it happen for you. Um, this is, like, why we exist. It's something that we have a very proven track record on being able to do. 
Um, there is not really an issue that's out there that we can't work on. Um, you know, it's no matter what your focus is. Um, you know, personally, I've worked on you know the Abi abolish ICE movement did fantastically. Um, there's so much uh, funding out there to help abolish ICE. If one of your issues is you know universal health care, there's so much funding out there for people that want to see this happen. Um, so really, like no matter what your particular campaign issue is driven around. Um, and your candidacy is about, is about uh, we can go out and access, uh, you know, why people think that's really important and, and make sure that they take action and get involved today. Yeah. Um, so keep that in mind. And I think it's all, yeah, I think I mentioned this in every live, but just to sort of recap, is that even if you're not a candidate, even if you're running a small nonprofit, we had a couple people reach out to us the other day that were like, oh, we're, we're trying to raise money for um, a homelessness fund out here in Oregon. That's amazing. That those are the type of projects that we want to help you with. Um, don't hesitate. We talk about candidates a lot because that's really our bread and butter, but we work on ballot measures. Um, we work on small nonprofit organizations. Uh, we work with unions, all, all types of folks. So if you need to raise money, if that's your pain point right now, if that's something that you're struggling with, if that's something that's keeping you up at night, you should contact us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, cool, so the next thing we have here is um, your campaign isn't raising money because you haven't put in the work. Critical. Now, yeah, <laughs> uh, absolutely. Like that, I can't stress enough how much it is a game of attrition and it really comes down to how many doors have you knocked on, how many conversations have you had. Um, the, some of the best fundraisers in the world, if you're cold calling people, you're cold reaching out to folks, um, you might at best maintain a 10 to 15% success rate, meaning that like 90 to 85% of people are just saying no to you. Um, so the fact of the matter is like if you're going to process through all of the people that you know don't care about politics, like they're just not ever going to donate to anybody because they don't care. Process of the people that are literally your opposition. Like if they're going to you know support a candidate that is sitting opposite of you and they've already made up that decision, well they're not going to fund you. Uh, well, maybe they will, but the likelihood is it's not it's not worth your time to sit and convince those people all day. Um, what we're looking for is those group of people that have the money, they're ready to give. They're politically clued in, and they support the issues that you support. Um, they're out there, and they can become lifelong supporters for you. But we actually have to go out and do the work to find them. Uh, yeah, you can't. We, you can't just sit back. And this is one of the things that we talk about a lot: is scheduling and how important it is to schedule your time, right? Because you could say to yourself at the beginning of the week, "I'm going to do 40 hours of call time." I hear this all the time. I'm going to do 40 hours of call time. And my next follow-up question for every single person that tells me it is, okay, when? Like, what days are you going to do that call time? What hours are you going to do that call time? What things are you going to take out of your schedule so that you're able to complete that? And that's when a lot of people are like, well, I don't know. And it's like, well, then I can almost assure you from this point that you're not going to do that 40 hours of call time. Right. I mean, it's just, it's really as simple as that. So it's really about being committed, but then it's also about scheduling your time and scheduling your time effectively. Um, we have a lot of candidates that come to us and tell us, you know, I can't do call time because I'm prioritizing X, Y, and Z. And if you're not prioritizing fundraising, I don't know what to tell you because you're not going to be able to do any of the other things that you need to do if you don't prioritize that. So if you're trying to prioritize instead of fundraising, if you're trying to prioritize hiring your team, 
if you're trying to prioritize getting interns, if you're trying to prioritize getting volunteers, if you're trying to prioritize any of those, st or any of those things over fundraising, at the beginning, right? I mean, once you fundraise, you know, $500,000, we might have a very different conversation. But if you have $0 or you have $10,000 or anything less than that, and you aren't, and you are prioritizing other things, then you're off the track. And we're here to get you back on the track and to help you get, get up and going. That's right, yeah. Uh, and keep in mind, too, that um, I think I've, I personally have encountered, um, and th this isn't so common in the left and in progressive movements, but it's a thing um, where a candidate, a, the leader of a nonprofit, um, a you know, ballot initiative chief petitioner will say, you know, well, it's not really my job to go out and fundraise. Like that, that should be left to people who are like entry level, that should be left to like kind of, you know, the peasants, like it's not up to me to be able to do that. Um, fact of the matter is, if you're not in touch with what is happening in your fundraising programs, if you're not able to go out there and bottom line it, then it's gonna be really, really difficult for you. Um, to, and you're, it's gonna be, you know, your metrics for success are never gonna be something that you're gonna fully understand. So you can hire out a third party to do that. Um, you know, if, if you have, a, like, if you're sitting there with $10,000 right now, and you need to turn that $10,000 into 75 or $100,000, you can absolutely just pay us to do it for you. That's not a problem. Yeah. Uh, but if you're, we will take care of that. And you know, but if you're sitting there with, um, you know, zero money or very little amounts of money, it's something that you're going to need to know how to do. And it does take the time and going out there and just learning it and training, um, you know, failing and like falling off a horse and getting back up again. Um, that's totally a part of it. Yeah. And the best fundraiser is the candidate. Yeah. We always tell them this. And a lot of people don't agree, but <laughs> but it's true. I mean, the metrics show us. We, as I've said multiple times, and I will continue to bring this home, is that we are data focused. I love statistics. I love data. I probably wouldn't even be in politics if I didn't love data as much as I do. And so everything that we do is based on data, and the data shows us that candidates are the best fundraisers for themselves. So you, can, as Chris said, you can hire out a third party. You can do those things, but. Is it gonna be a slower process for you? Is it gonna be as successful for you? Is that third party gonna to wanna to stay with you throughout the entire time? Are they gonna to wanna to be there with you for your run after you win your election? I mean, these are all sort of things that are up in the air. The person that you wanna rely on the most is yourself and getting the skills that you need to be able to not just do this once, but continue to do this. Because the reality is, is that if you are going after a congressional seat right now, if you are going after a state senate seat, if you're going after city council, whatever you're going after, there is going to be something that's going to bring you to the next seat, right? So if you're running for Congress, very likely you are thinking at some point in the future that you're going to run for senate or you're going to run for president or whatever that you want to do, right? And so you're not going to be able to do that if you don't have the skills behind you to be able to do that. Really that simple. Honestly, too, yeah, it really, what you said really brought into mind that, um, you know, most of politicking, like most of public speaking is essentially the same as fundraising. Like, if you are a really good fundraiser, you're going to be really good when the news media gets in front of your face. You're going to be really good in, you know, social interactions, like, you know, you're practicing skills and, you know, messaging skills and public speaking skills that are going to carry all over, across the board. Um, totally. If you can, like, I firmly believe that if you can knock on a door 
or you know, call someone on the phone and get them involved in your campaign right now, then you can definitely go on TV, you can definitely go on stage and get thousands of people on board with you right now too. Right. Um, and yeah, you know, it's much easier to practice in front of one person at a time rather than mess up in front of thousands of people. I've told uh, this to many candidates too because a lot of candidates hire debate prep people, right? Mm -hmm. So, And that's like a whole thing. I mean, I had no idea that that was like, there's a whole sort of, you know, array of different services out there for learning how to debate. Yep. And I think that, that, I mean, that's interesting and that's great. But what Chris was saying is that he's very right, right? I mean, if you know how to fundraise effectively, you're going to know how to debate effectively. Now, that might not mean that you know every single international issue, right? You might, you're going to probably have to hire people to help you do those sorts of things. But in terms of convincing your audience, that is something that you are going to be able to carry over into debates, be able to carry over into your canvassing conversations, um, and all of this really matters because, and we've talked a little bit about direct impact and the effect of direct impact and how powerful direct impact is. And this is one of the best things that you can do for direct impact to get your donors to continue to donate to you, is to be able to have these convincing conversations, but also truly mean it. I mean, not just sort of like, you know, we, we, don't, we don't sort of teach people to fake it, right? Like we really sort of get down to the nitty gritty of it and figure out what is important to you and how can we display that to your audience and make it digestible and make it something that people want to give to you. And by the way, I see some people on, so if you're on, uh, throw in the comments where you're watching from, um, why you're watching, if you are thinking about raising money, if you're having trouble raising money, what you're having trouble with. Um, yeah, just sort of throw it out there. Are you, uh, do, are you able to see the comments? Uh, I, I'll check, yeah, yeah, as we're getting to the next point. Cool, sweet. Yeah, so we're jumping right along here. Um, really appreciate everybody um, just kind of tuning in and definitely want to suggest go smash that follow button on Soul Strategies. Uh, you know, that's going to just let you know when we're live and when we're doing skill shares, when we're, you know, talking about the different things that we're, we're going to be talking about, uh, taking you through kind of the introductory stuff. Like, our lives are really, you know, the tip of the iceberg. It's like, this is the introductory stuff that's going to give you, you know, some free tips and tricks, um, some, some really tasty tidbits that you're going to see are really important and start to inform you about what directions you need to take. Um, but the next step would be, you know, messaging us, contacting us, and really, you know, taking that next step so that you can be fundraising so your campaign can be making money. And that's really what... Oh, sorry, cut out for a second there. I see some comments in here. So I see um, Kylie says that she is watching from Melbourne, Australia, which is super cool. Love it. Um, I was uh, I actually know Kylie through some organizing work. She's really awesome, progressive. She says that council elections are up for grabs in Melbourne at the moment. Hot. Jump on it, girl. Kylie would be great at um, running for a seat like that. And I think that that's sort of an important point to make, guys, as well, is that if you're the type of person that you've never run for office before and you're, you know you just sort of see yourself as like you know a, a regular sort of working class person you are the type of person that we want to work with we don't want to work with somebody sitting up in their penthouse making millions of dollars we're not interested in working um you know with those folks um, we're interested in working with working class people like you guys I and mean, this is really why we do this we don't do this because we need to make money um you know 
we have other sources of income. We don't need to do that. We're doing this because we want to help every, We want to help progressives win their seats. Um, and the way to do that is really tapping into the working class movement right now. Absolutely. Um, Heather said, great info. Thanks for sharing. Awesome. Heather, let us know if you're thinking about running um, and what you're running for. Do we have any other points we wanted to bring up? Yeah, yeah. Um, so the next one would be, um, and I've come, actually I've come in contact with this quite a few times, uh, which, you know, it's a little bit silly, um, but believe it or not, it's something that I've, that I've seen actually quite a bit. People think that they can win an election, get an initiative petition through, change a law, run their nonprofit completely on the back of volunteers. I see a few, just with, um, just that alone can be a little bit problematic because it's like, if you're, so basically you're wanting all of the labor for your campaign to be done for free. That's uh, usually problematic. Just say it. Call it what it is. Kind of problematic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think we gotta be honest, right? I mean, you're running a progressive campaign. You want to pay people, what, $15 an hour? I mean, really, you should be paying more than $15 an hour at this point just because if you're living in a big city, $15 is not a livable wage. Right. Um, and then you want, and you know, I, we are not saying that volunteers are a bad thing. In fact, sure. some of the best people-powered movements are built on volunteers, but that comes much, much, much later. Right. Much later. Right. Yeah. And it's also never a reason to be like, well, I don't need money because I have all of these volunteers. The volunteer attrition rate is going to be abysmal no matter what. Um, if you have a million volunteers, the first 100,000 are going to quit in the first week. The next 100,000 are going to quit in the second week. By the fifth or sixth week, you're going to have five volunteers. Yeah. If you have 10 volunteers, um, you're going to lose them quickly. You're going to have to be constantly in this cycle of recruiting and burning through volunteers which will end up costing you more money than just paying people. Yes. Um, so that's one thing. Um, so the attrition rate is just like, you might as well get long-term people in who know what they're doing, who can get, deliver your messaging correctly. Um, you might as well have people that are very confident in what they do and can really back you know, what, they're what, they're, what they're involved in. Um, volunteers often are motivated, but that motivation disappears really, really quickly. Um, that, I mean, yeah, you gotta pay your bills. And they're gonna also be able to give a smaller amount of time. Your average person doesn't volunteer 40 hours a week. Yeah. Um, they are gonna need to pay their bill 40 hours a week and then maybe fit in two or three hours of volunteering as well. Yeah. Um, so if you have that cadre and that really dedicated group of inner circle people um, that are you know, elite, like they're trained, they know how to give the messaging, they can debate anybody, anytime, with any question, they're gonna be well paid. Um, and that's how you're gonna attract people that have the skill and the talent is by fundraising efficiently and being able to pay staff that make sense that are gonna do the job that's gonna make you to win, that's gonna make it able so you can win. Yeah, and there's a couple of things about volunteers. I think we should probably just do a whole live on volunteers. Because honestly, maybe. like, I mean, there's really, there's a lot to sort of dig into. But just a couple things because we're touching on it. One is that you never want to take advantage of your volunteers' time. You take advantage of your volunteers' time, and, I'm gonna be really frank with you guys. What that sort of looks like is bringing on a free communications person. I mean, it's really bringing on a volunteer campaign manager or a campaign manager that 
is going to be paid when you start making money. That is not the way to run an effective campaign. That is a way to really drive your campaign into the ground. And to actually, what, what ends up happening is you end up getting volunteers so unmotivated to, to work on your campaign that when you do get to the later stage where you need your volunteers, it's really hard because you sort of ruin that reputation. You burnt them out. Yeah, and you burnt them out, right. And so what you really want to be sort of focused on, what your goal really needs to be, is that if you are, for example, you're running for Congress in 2022 and you are starting now, that's what you should be doing. You should be starting now. You should be fundraising now for at least your first six months. You want to start thinking about volunteers about eight, six to eight months before. Honestly, eight should be the longest amount of time that you have volunteers for. That's a long time to have volunteers. Um, honestly, some of the most successful campaigns that I've ever worked with had volunteers in the last two months of the campaign. And when I mean volunteer, I mean a huge volunteer program, right? And that's sort of the time that, there's a couple of reasons why you wanna wait that long, but one of the main reasons why you wanna wait that long is because that's the time that you wanna have street visibility, right? That is the critical time. The reality is, is that a lot of people that sort of are thinking about running, that work in politics, people like us, they think people just think about these things all the time, right? And the reality is, is that the average person does not, okay? So what you really wanna sort of focus on is when do people start talking about the election? A couple weeks before the election, if that, right? Even really a couple days before the election. Totally. And so that's the time that you really want to get those volunteers sort of out on the ground. And it's exciting for them. And you really want to sort of think about what is exciting for my volunteers. Not just always sure. thinking what is good for me, but what is going to be good for them. And they're going totally. to be super motivated and super excited if they see that you have a paid um, canvassing program out, that you have other people out there doing things that you are in debates, that you that things are actually happening. If you start to use your volunteers before you have any type of infrastructure, again, you're just gonna burn them out. And you're not gonna help yourself and you're not gonna help them, so. I've definitely seen a few candidates, uh, chief petitioners and various people participating in politics literally just cycle through volunteers forever mm -hmm. until they actually had amassed a giant group of people with pitchforks behind them. Yeah, um, that happens. That definitely happens. <laughs> We've worked on campaigns it together and separately where we've seen that happen before and it's really and it didn't it's have not, to happen and it didn't have to right and yeah. so and that's the sort of the sad part right is that you have these really motivated people the best thing that you can do is say we love your motivation we love working with you i mean even if they want to chip you know if they're really really motivated maybe you let them work like half an hour a week on the campaign or something right you pay them a couple bucks whatever but you don't want them out knocking doors a year and a half before your campaign I mean, really, that's what it comes down to. It's yeah. just what what that's going to do is it's just going to end up hurting you in the end, and and we don't want that to happen to you. We want you to have a successful campaign. Also, you know, good. It just it just goes like full circle back. Um, volunteers want to work on successful campaigns, right? So if your campaign has a lot of money and you're fundraising very well, and there's all these things going on where you know there's yard signs that they're putting out, there's uh, you know conversations that they're having in the community, there's you know, protests that you're speaking out of, that they're involved in, all of these different things that winning campaigns have motivate and attract volunteers. Right. Um, so it's, it just cycles right back to, like, the more you invest in, in yourself, the more you get a good fundraising platform down, the more you pay your staff appropriately and have high quali qualified staff to do a good job, 
the more volunteers you're going to attract too. Yeah, um, and your and your staff, honestly, once you get to the point where you've raised that initial money and that you can bring on a really qualified and good staff, and by the way, if you don't know how to do that, we're happy to help you do that. Um, we have networks of folks all over the country of people that have run incredible campaigns and are happy to, uh, we could say learned out to you. Um, we don't own them, but um, but that that would be happy to to help you. Um, but the reality is is that um, you know if you don't raise that initial money and you don't get that qualified staff, that you're not going to have the people behind you that are going to be able to motivate the volunteers the way that you need them to be motivated, right? So I sort of see this a lot too. Is that like people will raise a little bit of money, and as soon as they raise a little bit of money, they're like, oh, I want to hire a staff. And it's like, that isn't exactly the first thing you need to do. And when you work with us, we'll, we'll sort of take you through the steps of what that looks like and why you don't want to hire staff immediately. Um, but when you do get to that point, when you do raise, you know, $50,000, $100,000, when you're in that realm where you can safely say, you know, I can pay this person for X amount of time. Um, and you know that, you know, we've sort of given you that advice, you know that that's good advice to sort of move forward with the staff, you will have people that will motivate volunteers. So don't worry about, you know, I see a lot of candidates waste so much time on this initially. They're like, yeah. how am I gonna motivate volunteers? And I'm like, you are so far ahead of where you need to be right now. And I think that's great. The fact that you're thinking about that, the fact that you care about that matters and it's wonderful. But don't get sort of caught up in the, in the minutiae of that because all that will do is it'll delay your success. And when you do need that to happen, it won't happen. That's Agreed. really what it comes down to, I think. Agreed, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the next thing that we were looking up here is um, too much on your plate. Um, this has also been, uh, for me, a very, very common thing that I see with candidates, uh, chief petitioners, that there's just so much to do. If changing the world through uh, the elected offices and through the legislature were easy, probably the world would look a lot better than it does right now. It's hard, hard work. Um, and uh, fact of the matter is, it's gonna put a ton on your plate, especially during the running, let alone while you sit in your seat. Um, but um, for sure, um, the, the race itself um, can, be, can be daunting for a lot of people, and fundraising and, uh, can tend to take a backseat to other things like making public appearances, again, working with volunteers. Um, yeah, just, yeah, public appearances, that's a huge one. Everybody yeah. wants to make a public appearance before they've raised money. And I get it. I mean, it's, you know, when you haven't campaigned before, you sort of, you see what other candidates do, right? And you want to copy that, mm -hmm. right? Like, mm -hmm. I mean, that sort of makes sense. Yeah. It's hard for me because I've never been a candidate. Like, because I haven't been a candidate and I haven't sort of wanted that. But now sort of like thinking about it, it, it sort of makes sense of like, okay, well, if other candidates are doing this thing, like if they're at public speaking, I should be public speaking. And again, it's really the cart before the horse. And you know, it's once you get into it and you raise some money, my God, public speak. I mean, you know, and we will help you do that. Um, and we will help you get the connections that you need to be able to do that a lot. But before you sort of have raised that initial money, it's not, it's not really worth your time. Yeah. Really. Really, I think I could go as far as to say nothing. If you haven't raised your first $10,000 and you don't have a very solid plan on how to do that, really nothing is more important than doing that. No, nothing. Like literally nothing is more important than doing that. I can't think of anything that, that would sort of out, 
outweigh that. I mean, you should know your positions on stuff. You should be in touch with your community, but I, I just kind of expect... You don't even need all your positions, I think, lined out, right? That's like, a point. <laughs> I mean, like... You could, you, you could pick a couple popular ones. Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? And, but, and a lot of people sort of get into the... get stuck in that, too, of like, well, I need a full website, and I need my full platforms. Like, you really don't. What you need is you need a landing page, you need some basic information, and you need a place for them to be able to donate to you. And you need to sign up to learn how to, how to, um, how to actually fundraise. That's right. what you need. There's some actually really good questions. So Heather asked us, she said, I feel that many folks uh, that want to start a campaign don't have any startup money. A huge part of the inequality in politics and nonprofits is that so many people who come from the struggles they want to advocate for don't have any money to even start a campaign. What can people do, what can you do to help people in this position? Do you help people campaign to campaign? I like that. Do you help people campaign to campaign? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. That, exactly. Um, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what we do. Mm -hmm. So I think that let's sort of tackle the first part of this. And the first part is that, um, you know, the people that we want to run um, might not have the initial money to start, right? And that, that's, that's definitely a fear. Um, but what we, what we do is we make our services so affordable that it, literally anybody can do it, right? And so we have payment plans for, certain, for, for folks not certain folks for everybody um, that, that needs help with that. Um, we, we do whatever we can um, to make sure that you have the funds to be able to start. We don't want money to get in your way. If money is something that you feel is, is you know, it, it's scary for you right now, we, we totally get it. I mean, we're literally living in coronavirus, like we are living in um, some crazy times, and so if money is something that you are fearful of, uh, don't don't be like come to us and talk to us about it because yeah. there is so many things that we can do um, to help you out to get you started. We're we're not going to turn you down. We're not going to turn you away. If you are truly, if we see a good candidate in you, if you're the type of person that's coachable, if you're the type of person that's committed. Um, the last thing we want to do is see you walk away because you can't afford it. Um, that's not why we're here. Uh, in fact, we're here for the opposite reason. So if we were turning folks away because they couldn't put a couple thousand dollars in our lap, we wouldn't be, we wouldn't be doing what we do, right? We, sure. we would be a totally different business model, I think. I also you know, want to just dispel the myth that you have to have a bunch of money to play. It's a lot easier if you are independently wealthy Hell yeah. um, but you're also, <laughs> I can guarantee that every independently wealthy chief petitioner, candidate, nonprofit that I've worked with wastes so much. Um, they're incredibly wasteful. And uh, every candidate that I've ever talked to that had, was, you know, started off with a shoestring budget or worked a normal job um, knew how to take that dollar and stretch it. Um, uh, one time, you know, me and a friend of mine had a really good political idea that we could, uh, you know, push an initiative. We literally filed uh, for the political action committee for $50. We took another $50 out of our uh, paycheck for our day jobs at the time and printed out um, you know, donation forms and uh, fact sheets, went out there with clipboards, and we were bringing in like $700 a day within three days. Mm. Alexandria had no money. Yeah. At all, <laughs> literally. I mean, I, yeah. I, you know, I had friend like I wasn't on the campaign in those earlier early days, but I had friends that were, and money was a huge concern, and they were still able to find the funds that they needed to at least get started. Um, and I think that this happens with a lot of candidates, right? I think that there are so many candidates that this is a really honest fear for them. Um, 
that they don't have the money to start. And I think that that's something that, you know, uh, you, I think that that is true, right? I mean, there, if you are independently wealthy, I think that, as you said, that helps. But that doesn't run your campaign, right? right? Like, because you would need to have an excess of $2 million <laughs> to, and maybe there are some people that do that, but very little, right? I mean, most of the people that we see that are quote unquote independently wealthy, um, say to us, you know, I want to throw, you know, $200,000 behind my campaign. It's not enough. And it's just not enough, right? Yeah. And and what happens is then that money ends up fizzling out. They don't have the skills that they need to actually raise any money. And so they continue to invest in it, knowing that, and you know, we I've actually had conversations with candidates like this before. I worked uh, with a candidate very recently um, that, you know, invested, I think like, yeah, it was right around $200,000 into her congressional campaign. And it, you know, I told her it was going to fail miserably, and it failed miserably. Um, and, and the reason why is because, again, wasn't there weren't the skills there to be able to to to, to fundraise. And so what ends up happening is you just sort of run out of that those funds, and it's not enough to sort of continue. That's really what it is. Yeah. So being independently wealthy, I mean, I think when people think of independently wealthy, they're sort of thinking of you know, you know, this sort of, you know, mom that like works, you know, has her own business and sort of brings in like a million dollars a year. That's not the type of independently wealthy you need to be to, to really, you know, run a real campaign. Right. But if you have $2 million, <laughs> right. come talk to us. We'll help you out. Sure. <laughs> um, uh, Heather asked, what does starting a campaign with your help look like? What are all the steps? So. Um, Heather, that's a really good question. So um, I don't want to sort of make it short, but I, I think it really depends on what you're running for. Um, that That's sort of the first step. So when we, um, and, and also we, we should put out that we do not work with everybody. Um, we turn down people all the time because Again, we sort of, there are certain things that we sort of see, at least initially, that are red flags to us and that make us sort of stop in our tracks and say, this isn't the type of person that we want to work with. And we want to have the ability to say that we don't want to work with that person. Yeah. It's really important to us. We don't want to work on a thousand losing campaigns. That's not what we want to do. Um, and we don't want to do that to the person that's working with us either. If we don't think that you can get results, we're not going to ask you to spend money on something that you're not going to get results for. Um, and so if you come to us and you say, you know, I would like to run for the state Senate um, against this like really entrenched incumbent. Um, and for example, you're in California. Um, most likely we're going to tell you that that's not going to work because in California, there are certain rules and regulations where you can't fundraise um, until you're three months before the election, sometimes even a little bit less than that. And so if you don't have any um, fundraising experience, that's going to be next to impossible for you to be able to raise two or three hundred thousand dollars to be able to win that seat. And so, what we do initially is that um, we set up a discovery call with you. So, um, you know, we do free fifteen-minute phone calls where you can talk to us about the seat that you're thinking about running for. We'll give you our honest opinion on whether we think that that is um, an attainable seat. Um, a lot of us, especially in our staff, I think. Um, have a lot of knowledge around a lot of the rules and regulations already, but not everything. And so if you are looking to run for a specific seat that we don't have the information on that we need to look up, um, we'll tell you that. We'll let you know and then we'll schedule a follow-up call with you um, once somebody on our staff has dug into that um, information. 
And um, from there, we will tell you what we think that you need to be able to get started. So that looks different for everybody. Some people, um, you know, most people, if you have not fundraised at all before and you're a progressive, um, most people we would say to start on our month package. And what that includes is that you are working with us for eight hours in the month, but we're working with you very, very closely. Um, throughout that entire month and we're getting you started. We're truly training you, we're digging in, um, we're, we're getting you the results. Um, so, so yeah, it really depends on what you're running for um, is the short answer. Um, different people have different needs too. Yes, um, totally. some, some people might, you know, need, uh, you know, really good, like, like maybe they have their own nonprofit that they've been fundraising for for 10 years. Mm -hmm. So their skills on fundraising are actually pretty, pretty good. Um, but they really don't know how to do social media. They really don't know how to craft the kind of message that, you know, maybe that's their specific focus on that nonprofit's issues, but they don't really know all these other issues that might be really important. So I can imagine, you know, really just helping that person like build a narrative and really push it. Um, maybe somebody has a really good experience in working with all these issues, but has never fundraised before. So different people have different needs too, right? Yeah, and that's the thing is that I, you know, we don't want to be the type of, um, we don't want to be the type of organization that is a one-size-fits-all because mm -hmm. we know that that's not the reality. The reality is that different people have different needs and we don't want to quote-unquote sell you something that is not going to work. Um, we wouldn't be doing this if we didn't think that our methods worked. And so um, just depending on where you're at in your journey is going to tell us a lot about where we think that you need to be. Um, if you were coming to us and you were saying, you know, I want to run, run for Congress, um, in you know 2020, um, we would tell you no <laughs> because it's too late, right? Um, but if you were, you know, you'd already raised a couple hundred thousand dollars and you want to turn that couple hundred thousand dollars into more money, um, then that's you know again a very sort of different um, conversation, and we would have you starting at a different point. So the short answer is. If you are looking to run for office, or you're currently running for office, or you are currently running a nonprofit, um, or thinking about it, to just reach out to us and book that 15-minute intro call because we'll be able to get a lot of information from you that will be able to tell us where exactly you need to get started. Yep. Yeah. I don't. I'm also not a big believer of just like I hate it when I sort of come to somebody for help with something and they just like give me like a laundry list of things and I'm like, but what is gonna help me right now? <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Like, like I, my, like my lungs are hurting. Like, you know, what, what, what am I supposed to do to make my lungs not hurt, right? I'm just thinking about that because it's smoke outside, but, it, but, it's, yeah. but it's reality and that is true. It's Lungs hurt. Uh, but, but that is the reality is that we want to be able to tell you how to reach your goal. We don't want to just tell you how to spend useless money. That's not going to get you anything. So, yeah. Absolutely. Any other questions that we're, that we're talking about? Let me see. Um, not that I can see right now. Um, do we have any other points to touch on? Um, this is okay. the last call for questions. Anybody's got questions. So we're reaching, well, we're reaching a little bit about too much on your plate. Um, I think, you know, just to touch base on that again, I, I want to just kind of summarize. I don't know if we went fully into it, but um, yeah, like running a congressional race, running to unseat an incumbent, starting up a nonprofit, running an initiative petition, changing a law. These things are difficult um, by nature. If they were easy, we would have done them already is kind of what I always say. Yeah, uh, that's real. 
So, you know, facts of the matter is, is they're hard and it's going to, you're going to need a big plate and you're going to need to dole out what's on your plate um, quite effectively. Fundraising uh, often gets pushed to the side and uh, we, we started off that conversation by kind of saying like doing, you know, public appearances or different things like that. Um, legitimately, I just want to say like, Fundraising should be your entire plate at first. Um, if that's all you walk away with from this live, let it be that. Yeah. <laughs> like literally, if that's the only thing you heard us say, I would be very happy if you walk away with that information. Yeah, you can attach an engine to really just wheels and make the thing make you go. Um, you can have a multi-million dollar hypercar body. If it doesn't have an engine in it, it's not going anywhere. Exactly. And uh, your fundraising is going to be the engine. It's gonna be what drives your campaign. Um, so, fact of the matter is, um, yeah, as far as like too much on your plate, you should be getting rid of every other thing, um, at least until you have the first 10,000, 25,000, $50,000. If you have that, then you can start adding things slowly into the plate. And I think that's a really good reason to work with us too. Not only can we help you get that first $10,000 and do your fundraising, we can also help you to mitigate, um, you know, the damage that can come from how quickly things will start filling up on your plate. We can start to show you what what is really needs to take priority to because we've run that uh, those kind of successful campaigns before and we know how to do that, so we come to candidate we, we get candidates a lot that sort of overfill themselves at first and that that's definitely a concern and that's something that um is also something that's not unfixable um i think that a lot of the times like we come to candidates and they're like but i've already made all these commitments i've already done all these things so like i i just can't stop and the reality is is that yes we can you absolutely can and if you again if, if you if your goal is that you want to win then you're going to have to listen to professional advice and that's that's the best advice that we can give you is that if you don't have funding and you know if you if you don't think that that's accurate I mean just look at the statistics we don't have to talk you into it like literally just go look at all the progressives that won and have a look at how much they're, they're bringing in um, that's the reality that's the reality yeah. uh, that's the way the cookie crumbles so um, the last one here was uh, don't understand canvassing. So don't understand the power of you know going through from person to person, finding your supporters, being able to convert people that are on the fence, and getting people to take action right now. I personally believe that this is a single this is the single most important political tool that exists. Um, we just aren't wired for you know, phone calls, we're not wired for billboards, we're not wired for commercials. People engage with other people. Uh, when, when we can hear a voice, when we can see a facial expression, when we can attach an emotion to an issue, that's when we take action, that's what motivates people to do stuff. Um, you may, you know, you may think that, uh, you know, that you have the ability to change people's minds and hearts because, you know, you're just charismatic or, you would think that, you know, um, getting, say, you know, we'll take a, a hot button issue, getting police accountability is just an obvious issue that anyone should understand. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, lots of people just have never been asked about it. Um, believe it or not, there are a bunch of people out there for even the most obvious issues who they have just never had a conversation before. And when you call them on the phone and when you knock on their door, it literally might be the first time anyone has ever engaged them for even the most simplest thing. Like, have you voted? Like, even voted at yeah. all might be a thing that they have never thought about. And uh, the power in canvassing is not only do we raise the money that it takes to win, 
we bring in the cash that you know will drive the campaign, we also have the ability to inspire and change public perspective. So for every conversation that we have, that person is walking away thinking like, wow, I may not have donated, I may not agree with that person on all of these things, but that's the first thing. Now this, there's this question in my mind. Now I'm gonna have to go do my own research, you know, and that's a thing you'll hear a lot as a canvasser is yeah. I'd like to go do my own research. <laughs> that's uh, like the number one thing you hear. It's like, you know, I hear anyway. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a pretty, pretty common response when you ask someone to get involved today, make a donation, they're gonna go, hey, I just wanna go do my research. That's really, really valuable in of itself. Um, because now that person's clicking a link on your web, your campaign website. Now they're going to look at what your nonprofit does. Now they're going to look into an issue that they, an issue that they may never have thought about before. Um, and so, yeah, just like the power of harnessing like canvassing, it is the single most important political tool that exists, period. And it's not like new. There's not a wheel to be reinvented. There's not like um, it isn't just some kind of like abstract nebulous thing. It's a hard science. Um, fact of the matter is, is like canvassers have been out there knocking on doors, you know, since like the 50s. It's an international thing. There's data sets that we can look at um, from all across the board in any state, in any city, uh, on any issue. So fact of the matter is, uh, one of the really cool things about working with Soul Strategies is we can bring a, the ability to canvas a neighborhood, you know, make the calls that you need to make, um, talk to people and have those conversations in a way uh, that raises the money that it takes to win and also changes public perspective on the issue. Literally vital to being able to make it. Totally. And I mean, the only way that you're ever going to be able to get to run a canvassing program and, and get that those big bucks that come from that is by doing the call time initially and working with us to learn how to do that call time. Um, you're not going to be able to set up any type of canvassing program if you don't raise that initial money. And, th and that's what we're here for, is that we want you to raise that initial money. We are invested in you raising that initial money so that you will continue to invest and, and continue to raise money at greater levels, right? And it's all about leveling. We're, we're not gonna ever tell you just, just start with canvassing, right? It's, it's a really sort of big thing. And it's a, re as Chris said, super effective tool, the best, one of the best tools that we have. Uh, whether that be door-to-door -to, -door to get votes or whether that's door-to-door -to, -door to raise money, we know that door-to-door -door wins the war. I mean, it really does. Um, we, we have straight data that tells us that text messages, phone calls, social media, all those things are fine and they're all very well and good, but your contact rate is super, super, super low. And your ability to switch people's minds using those forums is even lower. So if you can get somebody face-to-face -face with you or you know, having them talk with a professional canvasser, having them talk with, at, at the end of your race, a very trained volunteer, which by the way, doesn't come unless you have money, so you gotta train them, um, then you will see the benefit of that. Um, and we'll talk to you a lot when you first reach out to us too about like, what is your win number? How many votes do you actually need to get? All these sort of things that a lot of people don't think about initially, but the reason why we want you to think about them initially is because we want you to be able to set goals so that you can get that enormous, amazing field program that you're dreaming about so that you can ultimately win on election night, right? I mean, that's the dream that you have and that's the dream that we want to, to help you bring alive. That's the vision that we wanna, we wanna help. So Z, I'm a, I'm a viewer now, and I'm, I'm gonna, we're gonna role play me being a viewer. So I love this conversation. I'm super stoked on all these things. I feel like I've isolated why my campaign's not making money. What do I do now? Good question. So you're gonna call us. <laughs> That's what you're gonna do. You're gonna call us, and so we, if you have not been to our website yet, 
um, please go to our website. It's soul-strategies.com. Um, on our website, you're going to see something pop up initially that's really exciting. So if you put in your email when you sign up and you get onto our email list, which by the way, we are not spammers, we're not going to send you anything unless we think it's really important, then what will happen is you will get a free PDF email to you as soon as you put your email in. And that PDF is your starting checklist. So these are the 10 tips to raising your first $10,000. Now, the checklist is not going to be enough for you to just I mean, you can't just like bring your checklist, sit down and like start raising money, right? That's not how it works. But those are the fundamental things that we truly believe in here at Soul Strategies that we know are going to help you raise that money. Those are the things that we're going to continue to come back to when we're training you. So download that, get that list sent to you. It is totally free. So there's no reason to not get it. Um, and then the second thing that you want to do is you want to go in there and you want to book that free call. So as soon as you get to our webpage, there's a little link right there. It says book my free call now. It'll pop up our email and you can email us to book our free call, uh, to book that free call. And what that will look like is either myself, Chris, or somebody else on our staff will be reaching out to you. Um, and we will book a specific time to have that call. Um, and from there, again, what we talked about earlier is that we'll discuss the seat that you're thinking about running in. You might not even know about a seat to run in yet. Like you might be just thinking about running and that's totally fine. You don't even have to have a seat in mind. We are there to help you discover that. So all we're going to need to get from you is some information about your background, um, where you are thinking about running, uh, obviously like where you live. Um, and just some more information about the things that you care about, your involvement in the community, all that sort of thing. So that's really uh, what our discovery call is about. And again, it's free, so like, why not? I mean, I love free stuff. <laughs> cool. So let's do like a quick, like 15 second montage. Oh, I watched this video from Soul Strategies and gosh, my campaign's just not making enough money. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to make it, but that nice lady Z told me to call and so, here, I'm gonna call really quick and yep and now we're having a conversation with Z about what I need all of a sudden what I'm making money and you're helping to craft the narrative wow there's volunteers now things are happening oh my gosh and then balloons are falling and you've won so and by the way <laughs> we don't do this for everybody um, but if you have never run for office before and you're really, really nervous about that initial investment, if that's something that is just really scary to you, and we have identified that we think that you're a good fit for the program, we have um, certain deals where if you sign up the day of the discovery call, we do a money back guarantee, which means that if you don't raise the money that you spent on the program in the first month, we give it back to you. So it's literally free. Um, if you raise the money, even better, because then we get paid, you get paid, everyone's paid. <laughs> um, and, but you know, if you, if that's something that you're really worried about, if your question in your mind right now is, will this work? And I think that that's a question that we, I mean, I've, I have invested in my own education myself, and that's something that I thought about every time I sort of press the like, you know, paying $5,000 for, and well, we do not cost that by the way, but, but I, I've paid some like insane amounts of money for education. And yeah. that's always the question that I come back to is, is this going to work for me? This works for other people, but will it work for me? And the answer is, is that you don't have any risk if you're going to get your money back. So yeah. that's something that, you know, again, we do not offer for everybody, but if we believe that you are 
um, a committed that, that we think that you are actually going to be able to do the work that it entails. If you sign up during the discovery call, um, then that is a benefit to the program. And it's like, I mean, seriously, why, why wouldn't you do that? I mean, it doesn't even make sense why you, like, are you gonna continue to struggle just for the sake of struggling? Or are you gonna just like throw in the towel and actually invest and see that money come in? I hope people don't throw in the towel because it's really, really important that motivated people that have the right mindset, that have the right skills, jump in and start really swinging uh, when it comes to our legislature right now because there's a lot of changes that need to be made that are so critical and so vital um, to the survival of a lot of people and our planet. And so the survival of us, I mean, literally yeah. we can't breathe. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, it, it is real. The, the reality is real. Um, you know, just, you know, if you're on the West Coast, you know what we're talking about, right? I mean, the, you know, we need a Green New Deal. We need a Green New Deal now. Um, and if you're a candidate that doesn't believe in the Green New Deal, then you also probably shouldn't work with us. Um, there, there's two things that I think that we really look for. Um, we don't care about your platform, to be honest. I mean, you can you can be a centrist Democrat, you can be an independent, you can be um, really whatever, we really don't care. But the two things that are sort of non-negotiables for us are caring about the environment. That might not be the Green New Deal specifically. Personally, we believe in that, but if you, if, but we still, you need to have some sort of environmental protections in your in your platform. And the other thing that I think that is a non-negotiable, well, not that I think that I know is a non-negotiable for us is, is Black Lives Matter. Um, that is not something that we're going to negotiate. We're not gonna negotiate with a candidate whether um, black people or people of color in our country deserve equal rights. We're not interested in that. Um, if you think that that is something, if, if, if that turns you off from working with us, then please go spend your money elsewhere because we don't want we don't want your money. Um, those are just two non-negotiables for us. So if you fit, um, if, and, and that's pretty broad, right? I mean, like, yeah. I, I would think, right? Um, but those are the only two things. Like, those two things are two things that we're not willing to negotiate on. Everything else, um, you know, whether you are an independent, progressive, centrist Democrat, we're, we're happy to work with you and help you out. Cool, we hope to hear from you uh, and all of our viewers really soon. Yeah, thank and you guys so much. When's our next live? Wednesday? Wednesday? Wednesday, same time. That's same time. Thing. Wednesday, same time. Cool. We just figured that out right now. Well. Same place, same time, same channel. Yep. Well, See you guys. Have a good night.